Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is where we left off in the middle uh, last week. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And we spent much time um, in this particular passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we stopped short uh, to make sure we had everything uh, in line, want to make sure everybody has a good understanding of what's taking place here, and wanted to give enough time to finish this evening as well. And so it looks like we're doing really good on time, so we should have plenty of time to get you out uh, after the Lord's table and still be uh, right on time, maybe even a little early tonight, so uh, you never know. Uh, We're going to do just a little bit of review here, and then we're going to jump right into uh, where we left off last week. The Scripture says in verse number 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles... Carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, these are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally, As he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members, or all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now, hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him? If they were all one member, were 
or where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, and upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. I know we took the time here this evening to read all the verses here, uh, 31 of them to be exact in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to jump in and have a word of prayer, and then we'll pick up right where we were last week. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I pray that you would uh, remove any distractions that may be upon our hearts and upon our minds here this evening. God, that we might be able to honor you in all things. Father, I ask this evening that you would just allow us to um, glean from this what we need to. That we might have a greater understanding of the spiritual gifts in which you have given, that the ones that you gave in times past would be uh, understood as to why we no longer uh, have those available today. And God, I pray that you would help us to uh, understand that there is a more excellent way And as we get into that next week. And so, Father, I ask tonight that you would again open our hearts, open our minds uh, to the teaching and the preaching of your word. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so last week uh, we were in this very beginning part, and uh, we're going to get a little bit more detailed here this evening, and, uh, but we shouldn't, uh, shouldn't need a whole, uh, whole host of, of minutes to do this. Um, but as we looked at last week, we saw where the uh, many gifts, one Spirit, and the one Spirit that gave them, and uh, the administrations being the distribution of, that everyone has a particular gift of God that has been given. Uh, we defined the gifts uh, as uh, that gift being the, the power or faculty, uh, that some quality conferred by the author. God is the author of the gifts. He is the giver. And uh, within that, He has the ability, the properness uh, to see fit who would have each particular gift. 
as we uh, considered the extent of the gifts, uh, again, we saw that every believer has one, uh, and no believer has all of them, uh, but one gift in particular uh, that God has given. We also looked at the purpose of the gifts is to glorify God and edify the believers as part of the body. And all, uh, you know, don't function the same, but there is an important role uh, for each one to give. Now, you may be wondering, uh, you say, well, why couldn't you have given that fast last week? Well, if you were here, hopefully uh, that makes a little bit of sense uh, in that review. If you need more, let me refer you to last week's message and you can get uh, the rest of it here. Now, uh, remembering the context of what is taking place here uh, in 1 Corinthians is utmost importance. Uh, because uh, this church at Corinth was uh, in the beginning stages. They had a lot of questions. They uh, had a lot of difficulties even within one another. Paul is writing this entire letter uh, hoping and longing to bring some unity to this local church. And as he is uh, trying to bring this unity together, part of that unity is having questions. And I, I never shy away from questions. I don't think there's, uh, you know, I think spiritual leadership welcomes questions. Um, we may not always like the questions that are asked, but uh, we ought to be able to give an answer to those. Now, when it came to that, Paul is being asked these questions. And so he is addressing within this letter, as he's attempting again to bring unity to this church in answering these questions. Notice in verse number 25, where he says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Part of the reason that Paul is uh, being asked this question about the spiritual gifts is because when we get to point number four, there was an abuse of the gifts. There was an abuse of the gifts. There was a misunderstanding of the gifts. And so within this, uh, again, they were not necessarily using the gifts that had been imparted to them. Uh, and, and notice again, back in verse number one, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. He says, you need to know and have an understanding of what is taking place here. But what was taking place within this church of Corinth was uh, a, a gross misuse of the spiritual gifts that, again, they were uh, not imparted to. Uh, they were also abusing it in manners that they were uh, attempting to use those uh, or even uh, coveting ones that they didn't have. And, and you can see that in, in our, uh, you know, even in our culture uh, throughout our lifetime. I mean, you always, uh, sometimes you're like, man, I, I wish I could do that. Uh, Brother John Martin and I were talking after church this morning uh, about uh, gymnastics. And uh, I, I'm always fascinated by gymnastics, if you've ever seen uh, anything like that on television or in person or live. Uh, but people that can do all those flips are impressive to me. Uh, I've always wanted to do that. I have coveted that gift. Uh, but uh, could you imagine this, this evening uh, if, if I just came down here in all of my glory and started doing flips across the auditorium? Wouldn't that be something? Uh, I, could, I would be willing to try. Uh, I have found in, in my life there's another uh, form of gymnastics. They call it tumbling. You ever seen that before? I'm a great tumbler, I tell you. 
Uh, I can tumble with the best of them. It doesn't look very pretty, uh, but I can fall and I can roll and I can do all of that. But, but the flips and things, uh, I, I would say, I mean, even from a little kid, I had friends that could do it and, uh, you know, they could stand in place and, and just do a little backflip. And I would be like, oh, man, you got to teach me how to do that. They tried to teach me how to do that, but I never could. Uh, I was not gifted with that agile of a body uh, to be able to do that. Uh, maybe you were, anybody, any gymnast in the audience tonight? Anyone? Tried? Okay. Rachel, a little bit. As a kid, she says, not anymore. Uh, not anymore. Anybody else? Anybody want to demonstrate? Brother Henry, you want to come demonstrate a cartwheel or something? Uh, wouldn't that be something? But, uh, you know, we have, we see other people with gifts and we say, you know, I, I think I could do that. Well, here's the thing, within this church at Corinth, th there were people that they were using those gifts and people were saying, wow, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm all over this. And, and they were coming in and they were abusing these things and Paul's saying, whoa, 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 wait a second. He says, you have to understand that God has imparted to everyone one gift. And no one has all the gifts. And if we did all have the same gift, how boring would church be? We all had the same gift. And so, you can kind of understand where, where they're coming from. But we see the abuse of the gifts. Then secondly, or fifthly, uh, whichever way you're counting there. This is part two, so uh, I'm going to go one, two, three, just because that's the order I have it here. Um, but it says four, five, six, so I guess I could go either way. But uh, the, the, I want to look at very quickly the number of gifts, okay? Uh, the number of gifts or the action of the gifts. Now, in order to uh, properly give attention to this, uh, we're going to have to look at a couple of other places where Paul addresses with other churches uh, this matter of spiritual gifts. There are two other places that Paul uh, dealt with that. The first one that I want to go to, we're going to come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll look at those again uh, here in just a moment. But I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 4. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Now, uh, understand this as well. In the order that Paul has written... 1 Corinthians is going to be the first place that Paul deals with spiritual gifts chronologically. Okay, That's the first places in 1 Corinthians. He didn't deal with it uh, anywhere else before he dealt with the church of Corinth in this matter. One of the things we're going to see here as we move forward uh, is the uh, progressive revelation of God. Uh, Paul only knew what Paul knew in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Does that make sense? But by the time he gets to Ephesians chapter 4 and Romans chapter 12, Paul has been uh, given a little bit more knowledge, has been given a little bit more insight to this area of spiritual gifts that you will see as we go uh, through here. But let's go over to Ephesians chapter number 4, and I want you to look at verse number 6, starting off. Actually, go back to uh, verse number four, if you will. So this sounds familiar here, or it should anyway, because we just read something very similar as he says, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, he that ascended, what is it, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And, look what he gave here, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But, speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We'll stop there for this. But here we have gifts being given, gifts being distributed, gifts being explained by the Apostle Paul now to this church at Ephesus, and he breaks this down here, and he says he gave some. Now, he's not talking necessarily about he gave some churches. He didn't give some churches. He gave to some people the gift of apostleship the gift of apostleship. He gave to some the gift of prophets or prophecy. That is the proclaiming of truth. He gave to some evangelists or the gift of evangelism. To some, and take note here, pastors and teachers. Notice the punctuation though. He gave to some apostles, semicolon, and some prophets, semicolon, and some evangelists, semicolon, and some pastors and teachers, colon, or semicolon, I can't tell I have a line there, semicolon, okay, that's what happens when you underline your Bible, you miss some things there, because uh, it, it looks like a colon to me, but a semicolon, but notice the pastors and teachers, one gift, one gift there, not two, so don't separate, what that means is, pastors are supposed to be teachers, Amen? And, and so that is one gift that has been given. And what's it for, though? Notice this. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. The gifts that God has given 
is for a purpose, and they are all for the local church. They're all for the local church. Now jump over to Romans chapter 12, if you will. Romans chapter 12. And you'll notice again some similar language uh, that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians. He used it in Ephesians chapter 4. And he's going to use it here in Romans chapter 12 once again. As he says in verse number 4, he says, actually go back to verse number 3. It's a good verse. He says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So here's what he's saying here in this particular verse. He says, there's been grace given unto us. He says, and as this grace has been given to us, it is only by that grace that we are able to do anything that we can do. And so, therefore, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Because none of us can do this outside of God giving and dealing to us the measure of faith. Isn't that something? Basically saying God has gifted you with something to use. So don't think too highly of yourself because it's not from you, it's from God. Verse 4 says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Remember that. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But verse 5 says, So we being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another, having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth, on teaching. Or he that exhorteth, on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, with diligence. He that showeth mercy, with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. That means fakeness, by the way. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of, of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the or, or, vengeance is mine, sorry, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil 
with good. Now, I'm taking the time this evening to read to you the entire context of what is taking place here in Scripture. Because when we talk about the gifts, and we talk about this distribution, and we talk about the differences of the gifts, Romans chapter 12 describes to us how the gifts should be manifested and minister in our own lives. As we have been given these gifts, and you can see them here again, uh, verse 6, they differ If it's prophecy, prophesy. Ministry, minister. Teach, teach. Uh, He that exhorteth on exhortation. That gives, gives. Uh, The one that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And all of this, as he says, let love be without dissimulation. He's talking about within the body of Christ, there is a purpose for all of these gifts as they have come in together into one body, and it is to help the body function to do what Romans chapter 12 just told us to do. I'm just going to tell you, personally, this is me personally, I say this often, I have great troubles with Romans chapter 12. Just that's me personally. You might be able to do all of this, but sometimes it's really hard. Okay, let's take, for example, uh, verse number 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Look, we have a hard time with this sometimes. Why? Because we like to prefer ourselves. Amen? Amen? I'm going to, look, I'll be the first to admit, I, I like what I like, and look, I like to get my way. And so do you. But guess what? We all can't have our own way, can we? Some would say, well, this sermon should have been over 10 minutes ago. Well, you can't have your way. <laughs> I have the pulpit at this time. When you have the pulpit, you can go where you want to go. We don't all get our own way, even within the body. Again, the eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you. Amen? I, I was informed this morning that there was uh, gobbledygook going on behind me while I was preaching this morning. Anybody notice that? Anybody? Anybody not notice that besides me? I was the only one oblivious to it. But guess what? While I couldn't see it, I heard it. And I saw Trevor's face. He was the only one that I saw a reaction out of. And he got back to the back in the computer in about 14 seconds, I think. I saw him fly by with a cape uh, in the back window and just appeared right there. Uh, Not really. But he moved pretty quickly, didn't he? And uh, he, he got back there and it was all fixed. But I heard it. So what I couldn't see, guess what? My ears let me know. Okay, I didn't even have to wonder where Trevor was going. I heard it and I said, oh, he's going back to the sound booth. Because my ears let me know, not my eyes. You can't say we don't need one another. There is a purpose for each and every one of us in working together. So we see these number of gifts. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've already looked at these here uh, in, in verse number 28. Again, uh, some of them that are given 
Uh, again, he says, first apostles, secondarily prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings and helps and governments, diversities of tongues. Are all prophets? No, the answer to that question. Are all apostles? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Now look, here's something that I want you to take note of. I am not going to take the time to uh, uh, go through all of this this evening. I want you to do a little bit of studying on your own. But did anyone notice by the time we got to Ephesians chapter 4 and Romans chapter 12 that there were some gifts that Paul didn't mention? Anybody notice that? Remember, we have, as we hold in our laps, and hopefully you brought one tonight, but we hold the perfect and errant, infallible, complete Word of God. We have it. They did not. You know what the church at Corinth had? Before they had the book of 1 Corinthians? Nothing. Besides the Old Testament. And they may or may not have even had a complete copy of the Old Testament. They had the teachings of Paul. That's, that's almost unfathomable, isn't it? Almost as explainable as to why they had so many issues and problems, isn't it? They didn't have what we have, but I want to remind you how, how God was working in these days because He had not completed His Word, He had not given His Word, so they traveled in that progressive revelation. Paul only knew what he knew at that particular time. Now, all of these gifts that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are all there, but I want you to notice that there was a time frame on the gifts. That's the last point this evening. The time frame of the gifts. Because there was a time frame. Some of the gifts, if I could use it this way, this probably may not be the best uh, uh, example to use, but I'm going to use it anyway just because I don't know any other ones to use. Uh, but some of the gifts had expiration dates. Expiration dates. Now, I don't know exactly what the dates were, but something would tell me that some of them, because Paul did not deal with them in Ephesians and did not deal with them in Romans, that some of them may have expired before he had to deal with that. I think that's possible. And within this expir expiration, if I, again, if I could use that particular thing, because I don't think God said, okay, it's going to be on Tuesday, November the 4th in A.D. 63. Uh, we're going to stamp this out. I don't think it was necessarily like that, but I want to explain to you a little bit about the sign gifts. Uh, the sign gifts. These were phased out gifts. But why were they phased out? It wasn't that they were bad. They just were no longer necessary because they served a particular purpose. The one thing, as they were phased out, uh, and there's four things I want you to notice here, uh, is that first, the sign gifts, the sign gifts, by the way, would be those of the word of knowledge, the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, and the diverse kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Temporary gifts. One, because they validated the apostles' authority. 
They validated the apostles' authority during this time. Again, the only authority that I have this evening as a pastor is not the position that I hold as the pastor. It's the Word of God which I hold in my hand. The only authority we have is the Word of God. And so I can't stand up as uh, some might do and say, Oh, hey, I have a revelation from God. Hear this. No, it doesn't quite work that way any longer because there's no need to validate any authority because we have all the authority we need in God's Word. And so that's one of the reasons why it was phased out. The other reason that there was a sign gift was to get the word out more quickly. To get the word out more quickly. Again, uh, you have to remember one of the things, even as Christ went about on this earth teaching, preaching, and doing what else? Healing. There were more people that showed up to see Christ do a miracle than to hear Him preach. There were those that showed up wanting something from Him. Not a message. When His fame went about, His fame did not go about because of His teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. No, His fame went about because He walked into town and people's lives were changed drastically. He raised people from the dead. People that never heard before, they heard. And it was to, for him, even in that, was to secure and put in his power of authority. But let's not forget, when he spoke, he spoke as one who had authority. Why? Because he had authority. Oh, yeah. And he spoke with one who had authority, not as the scribes or the Pharisees. But in this, these sign gifts continued to get the word out more quickly. But as we go through and we again have the completed word of God, it rendered the sign gifts no longer necessary. As we have the written word of God by itself, provides a conceivable need that every man might need. It fills it. It gives an answer to it. The written work is far better to fit. It's far better fitted to accomplish God's work. So in this, we are left with the stationary gifts, the permanent gifts, if you will. Again, when we go from 1 Corinthians into Ephesians and into uh, Romans chapter 12, we find that these gifts are uh, carried on uh, within this. To Again, he gave to some apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. When you go back to Romans uh, chapter 12, the uh, gifts differing, again, not there. Uh, the proportion of faith, uh, ministry, the gift of ministry, the gift of teaching, the gift of exhortation, or uh, that which is the gift of encouraging. Uh, we need that. Uh, and uh, notice he didn't give the gift of discouraging. Amen? Okay. Uh, giving a gift 
one that ruleth, or uh, that which would be kind of administrational, uh, that with diligence, with mercy, let it be with cheerfulness. These are the permanent gifts. These are the gifts that we have in use today. What is your gift in the beginning of the year we will, as we wrap up this study, I want to hand out a what's called a spiritual gifts test. It's not a hard test. It's not even a pass or fail test. There's about 65 questions or so that you will answer. And as you find out as from your answers, it will reveal to you what your spiritual gift is. Again, there's no right or wrong answer, so it's a very easy test. You just answer according to uh, where do you rate this particular uh, usage. And all of them pertain to one particular spiritual gift, and the one that you score the highest on would reveal to you what your God-given spiritual gift might be. And then you can take that and learn more about that particular gift and use it to bring honor and glory to God. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Spiritual gifts. Now, I want you to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because I want to close this out here in, in the same fashion that Paul did. As he says in verse number 31, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. What he's saying here is not to necessarily covet the best gifts. What he's saying is you do covet the best gifts that you think are the best gifts. Again, there's a big, big controversy uh, in, in our culture even today. It's not as prevalent, I think, as it was uh, maybe in the, in the 90s and early 2000s, but that's speaking in tongues. You know, there would be some uh, groups of religious people out there that would say and would want people to think that uh, unless you speak in tongues, you're not saved. And that's something. I've never spoken in tongues, and yet I'm saved. And for some reason, that seems to be considered by some groups to be one of the best gifts you can have would be to speak in tongues. Well, he says... But covet earnestly the best gifts. That's what you do. He says, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Though, in chapter 13, he says, I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. I am become as a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, 
believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. I tell you tonight, we need a fresh revelation of the love of God, don't we? We're going to be right here in 1 Corinthians 13 next week. Because listen, 1 Corinthians 13 is a chapter that we often take out of and put it on its own. But we need to bring it back and put it where it is. And that's in between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. And there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. And so we're going to look at that next week. Let's pray together, shall we?